2: This is Bloomberg Daybreak here for this Thursday, the 9th of February in London, coming up today.
3: From bad to worse, Credit Suisse reports grim results as the bank's turnaround fails to gain traction.
2: Iger for cuts. Disney's CEO announces job losses as he looks to make it the happiest place on earth for investors.
3: Could it be game over on Microsoft's Activision deal? The odds on a successful tie-up grow longer as the UK regulators take aim.
4: Business lobby calls for tax breaks, Twitter runs out of characters and Boris Johnson makes £5 million in less than five months. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus the UK property market becomes a bit of a
2: fixer-upper as sales and inquiries fall further.
3: That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, on DAB Digital Radio London, Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Cirrus XM Channel 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll.
2: And I'm Caroline Hetker. Here are the stories that we're following today.
3: Credit Suisse has reported a bigger than expected loss in the fourth quarter and even bigger outflows. The bank saw a net loss of almost 1.4 billion Swiss francs over the period versus estimates of just over 1.1 billion. Massive outflows reported two of 110.5 billion Swiss francs over the three months. Credit Suisse also announcing that it's buying the Klein Group for 170 $75 million. Looking ahead, the Swiss bank guiding for a substantial full-year loss and says its investment bank and wealth management unit will be loss-making in the first quarter of this year.
2: Meanwhile, Disney shares jumped in late trading after the company unveiled a five and a half billion dollar cost cutting program, which does include 7000 job losses. CEO Bob Iger made the announcement. He returned to lead the entertainment giant in November after his successor was fired. Iger says the business now needs to tighten its belt. We are going to take a really hard look at the cost for everything that we make both across television and film, uh, because things in in a very competitive world have just simply gotten more expensive. Uh, And that's something that is uh, already underway here. Bob Iger there. He was speaking to investors after Disney delivered a set of upbeat (coughs) financial results. First quarter revenue beat expectations, growing 8%.
3: Traders are ramping up bets that the Federal Reserve will now raise rates to 6%. That's nearly a percentage point higher than the current consensus and comes after last week's red-hot jobs data. Federal Reserve Governor Christopher Waller says further tightening will be needed to bring inflation down to target.
2: We have farther to go. And it might be a long fight with interest rates higher for longer than some are currently expecting. But I will not hesitate to do
0: what is needed to get my job done.
3: Waller isn't the only Fed official to talk about the need for future rate rises in the past 24 hours. Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis President Neil Kashkari also says more hikes will be needed to combat inflationary wage growth.
2: Now, Microsoft's deal to buy Activision Blizzard is being opposed by the UK's competition regulator, which says that the sale could harm gamers. Bloomberg's Ewan Potts reports.
3: The UK's competition regulator says it has serious reservations over Microsoft's $69 billion takeover of video game company Activision Blizzard. The Competition and Markets Authority says that one way forward could be the sell-off of the blockbuster Call of Duty franchise. The statement throws into question the viability of the whole deal, which is already under attack from US regulators. Yesterday, Activision shares slumped on the news, putting them more than 20% below Microsoft's offer, suggesting investors think it could now be game over for the deal. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. New figures show the UK's housing market slipped further into hibernation in January as buyers and sellers both stayed away. The Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors says the lacklustre activity led to a further drop in property prices at the start of the year. The findings add to evidence that prices may be heading for the longest slump since the global financial crisis in 2008.
2: And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is in Brussels today hoping to secure more military aid in the fight against Russia's invasion. Zelensky will address a meeting of European Union leaders. Yesterday, he received a standing ovation in Westminster where he appealed for fighter jets and warned Putin that Ukraine won't be beaten.
4: We know Russia will lose. And we, we really know... The victory, the victory will change the world and this will be a change that the world has long needed.
2: Speaking alongside Zelensky, the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said that nothing is off the table and that Britain had begun assessing if planes could be sent to Ukraine. The UK, US and Germany have all previously ruled out sending fighter jets to the country. Those are our top stories this morning, Stephen.
3: Caroline, I mean, that speech in Westminster Mm. Hall, I think everything about it, both the way that Zelensky spoke, the setting itself, even the way that the sunlight came into the room as he was speaking, such a moment, I think, and such a poignant moment uh, for not only, of course... Zelensky himself, only his second visit outside of Ukraine since the the war started but also such a moment of of reflection on the UK's support for Ukraine during this as well. Really, really beautifully summed up by Bloomberg Opinions Tries Raphael and her piece about it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And this line struck me I was listening to it in the car actually whilst I was driving. In Britain the king is an air force pilot and in Ukraine today every air force pilot is a king. It is that kind of rhetoric I think that has really struck such a tone in Britain. You saw it with the MPs who were clapping almost the whole way through uh, the the speech at Westminster. Um, but it is that appeal, that kind of understanding of the UK's history and the things that the UK and the Ukraine has in common. That I think, yeah, has it, made a big difference. And
3: look, at a time we're approaching the. the the first year yes. of, of this war and when there is talk and worry about fatigue over whether or not you know the international community will continue to support ukraine with the same level um of both military and also uh, emotional support yes. uh, for i mean it, it it was a moment and and i think you know, a moment of political rhetoric that will that will go down in history for being being something that, that people yeah. will remember about this. Although
2: having said that, there is a great debate now because the the main point of the Ukrainian president was that he wanted fighter jets from Britain and other countries, and that is still a very difficult topic. Um, you know, the, the potential for that you know leading to escalation is still being debated um, here in the UK Uh, but uh, that is uh, one of the things that we were watching of course uh, yesterday coming up though next business leaders are calling for tax breaks from government Twitter runs out of characters
0: and Boris Johnson
2: has made five million pounds in the last five months
3: Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Leanne Gerrans has been looking at the details of those stories for us. Good morning to you Leanne. Let's start with the Times. The headline reads Bosses call on Chancellor Hunt for more tax breaks to avoid recession.
4: Stephen good morning to you. Yes indeed so Jeremy Hunt is now under pressure from the business lobby group the CBI to announce tax breaks for businesses during his spring budget and they said this is a last chance to help the economy avoid recession this year. The Chancellors going to present his budget on the 15th of March. And according to the Times, the Confederation of British Industry has also called on the government to provide better funding for childcare and to increase green investment. Now, they've really focused on this. This is to ensure the UK doesn't fall behind other G7 countries when it comes to green investment. Corporate tax is also going to go up to 26% from April. Mm. This is a reversal of quasi- Tsi Kwa Tengs. Attempt, Caroline and Stephen, if you remember last year to cut the rate to 19%. Now, Tony Danker, he's the director general of the CBI. According to the paper, he initially welcomed Kwarteng's mini budget last September, calling the £40 billion blitz of tax cuts a turning point for the economy.
2: I was really struck by that, actually, when the CBI, you know, as we at Bloomberg were watching then the unraveling of the pound, of uh, the penny- market and so on to know that that actually the CBI had been um, I mean they were reasonably supportive I would say actually of mm. the government's plan for growth at least that was their focus but look it's not just the cbi also because the ft is reporting on that story the iod make uk they also want the government to do more on taxes especially around the super deduction which is um that the tax break that you get for buying equipment basically for a business that's set to expire in march so
4: they're saying you know
2: that's obviously one area that the government could do something about
4: Yes, indeed. And Caroline, as you say, the FT also reporting on this and these calls come as Bloomberg did report on the losses of UK purchasing power, the biggest loss since the 1970s. So lots of different threads to the story. But there is really a call from the business lobby group to help the economy avoid recession. And we've seen a lot of calls ahead of the spring budget to make things a little bit easier as we do face this cost of living crisis. Here in the UK, we've got rising energy bills as well as food inflation. And also, we'll see that um, spring budget come through. And I wonder if there's going to be any little golden nuggets in it.
3: Okay, (laughs) Uh, let's turn to The Guardian next, Leanne. Twitter says that users temporarily unable to post in the latest outage since Musk takeover idle thumbs everywhere.
4: Yes, indeed, Stephen. So if you wanted to tweet last night from around 10pm GMT, well, you may have been informed by the platform that you would hit your daily limit even if you hadn't tweeted all day. So according to The Guardian, the outage, which lasted about an hour is the latest hit to the social media platform since the billionaire Elon Musk did take over the company. Now, the US tech publication, The Information is reporting must told Twitter staff to pause this new feature development and this is to maximise stability on the platform amid that outage so they were in a development phase at the moment when this all did happen. Now if you have the Twitter blue tick, I don't have one, I don't know if Stephen has one or Caroline has the, one. These are
3: subscribers to these the social service, the who pay for them. Yeah. Yes,
4: the people who pay for them. Um, apparently you, they were trying to develop a, a way that you could put 4,000 characters in your tweet. Oh, yes. no. So much so bigger. Much, much bigger than the yes, current much ones which the on whole yeah. point of Twitter is that, that you can have a it's yes. is a <laughs> gift, everyone. It is. It's I'm a fantastic a, gift. I'm a little bit with Caroline on this because I like Twitter because it's normally just 4, quite short and to the, is the point, isn't it? an essay. It? It's more than a long newspaper article. Anyway, I'll stop And then I'll have to definitely check my spelling of 4,000 characters which is pretty stressful. Well,
3: That's, that's, that's an essay, frankly. <laughs> yes,
4: indeed. Okay, let's... And the daily limit on our tweets is currently set at 24- 240. Yes, you've got yeah,
3: 240 it. 240 characters. OK, let's let's go to the Financial Times then. Boris Johnson earned nearly £5 million since leaving office.
4: Well, to make this clear, it was just shy of £5 million. He has Thank declared you. an income of £4.8 million. So, according to the FT, this is 50 times the salary of £84,144. He does earn as a backbench MP. So, I hear you all asking me, how has he made all this money, according to the FT, Boris Johnson did declare an advance payment of £2.5 million from New York's Harry Walker Agency for a number of future speaking arrangements. Also, Harper Collins has paid him a huge amount, £510,000. Now, this is an advance for his memoir. We know that he's going to be uh-huh. releasing that about his three years in office during the pandemic and during Brexit. He's also made a phenomenal amount of money, and that's due to speeches. Yes. Okay. I think that's very
2: interesting. There's a big guessing game about how much the Prime Minister's memoir was going to fetch. So I'm yeah, quite curious that it was a half a million advance. Interesting. Mm. Okay.
3: Let's get more details on the earnings from Credit Suisse now. Bloomberg's editor-at-large Francine Lacqua joins us from Zurich. Good morning to you, Francine. Now, in advance of today, these results have been called the most important in Credit Suisse's 167-year history. There's lots of big numbers in this. Uh, What stood out for you?
1: So first of all, you're right, Stephen, but I do feel like every time they have earnings because this bank has gone really from crisis to crisis and we worry about whether they'll ever be profitable, that it is always like these are the make or break earnings. Now, partly it's true. At the same time, the chief executive did put out a three year plan. So maybe some investors will give him a bit more time to try and get this house in order. I would focus on three things today. First of all, the widely telegraphed uh, fact that they would buy this advisory boutique for Michael Klein. I've been following him for years. He's an extraordinary banker. He was the rainmaker at Citigroup, and they're now giving him part of this advisory firm. So they're buying the boutique, giving him the advisory firm, and that was for 175 uh, million pounds. They were quite secretive about how many people he's bringing with him, but we think that there are about 40 people with him, so they get about four million each. Um, there have been concerns about you know conflicts of interest, which the chief executive has flatly denied. That's one thing. We also have outflows. I think management equity suites were possibly hoping that the outflows would have stopped for now. Uh, The number of clients has not diminished, but people are not ready to put extra money in. And then the third one, I think, look, if you look at that, you know, wider than expected loss of 1.39 billion francs, again, that's a disappointment. So it depends on what they do in the next three months to make sure that they retain talent.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what did we learn about the kind of restructuring in all of this and how it's kind of progressing? As you say, that that figure of the record outflows is is, um, quite enormous, 110.5 billion Swiss francs in just that quarter.
1: I think it's going, kind of, I think it's going okay. I don't think, you know, they, they can cry victory yet, and it, they're not good results. So, I think it, it depends a lot on, on how much time investors will give them to restructure. So, the firm did say they already completed, you know, the first closing of the Apollo SPG transaction. Now, this is something that we had talked in the past, so that, okay, they done, we can move on. If you look at earnings, there was a revenue decline in the investment bank during the fourth quarter that was much worse than expected so if you look at the turnaround we're what four months in remember in october we were talking about whether this bank could even survive because of all the rumors out there so they're not doing great but they're not doing terribly either i'll be interested to see how how the share price opens uh, when the markets open I think it's a little bit of a wait and see, actually. I think they, you know, there weren't any big surprises in the earnings. A lot of this was telegraphed, um unclear whether they can retain talent. But I think there is belief at the top of the bank that they'll be able to pay bonuses to to the people that do, you know, do the good job. But the outlook does not look good. You know, let's not mince our words. They're guiding for a substantial four year loss. And so, longer term what, what happens to this bank maybe in 2004 and 2005 when can they actually be reliably profitable i think is a key question
3: this is bloomberg daybreak europe your morning brief on the stories making news from london to wall street and beyond
1: look for us on your
2: podcast feed every morning on apple spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts
3: you can also listen live each morning on london dab radio the bloomberg business app and bloomberg.com
2: our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke.
3: And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe.
0: The countdown has begun from May 14th to 16th,